listening to episode 210 of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our analysis of season one of Joss Whedon's Dollhouse, starring Eliza Dushku and Alan Tudyk. And there will be no lawn cutting today. No, definitely not. Uh, which is, you know, like, the actually the last two days I've been, I uh, was going to go out to my parents to, uh, you know, trim up their their bushes but uh you know this rain kind of gives me a built-in excuse not to do that yeah yesterday god i should get out there it's probably gonna rain i'm like nah i'll have tomorrow because tuesday is my day right now right right yeah exact same thing you know like you know i was like ah you know it's a little overcast i'll just do it tomorrow and then wake up this morning and it's you know a deluge and it is dark and gloomy, but yeah, you know what? I kind of like these days. And it's been a pretty mild summer here on the East Coast, at least in the Mid-Atlantic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I like it kind of, you know, usually it's very hot, very nasty and uncomfortable, but uh, especially the electric bills have been very favorable this summer. Yes. All right. Well, speaking of hot and nasty, before we go too far. Uh, I, I want to remind where you you're going with this. And I don't uh, think I, I want to know. Just, <laughs> no, you don't. Uh, but we would love to hear from you guys via email at sci-fi TV rewatch at gmail.com or at the website where you can leave a voicemail using the leave voicemail tab, record your own audio clip and send the MP3 as an attachment or send us a tweet at sci-fi TV rewatch. And as always, we'd encourage you to consider joining the Facebook group, join the discussions there. All right. So, uh, so we're going to talk about uh, the Orphan Black series finale. No, we're not, dude. I, still ha- I know, I know. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. No, oh. You told me. <laughs> <laughs> you told me that's okay. I, I, I know. Like I should have watched it last night, but I just didn't. Uh, you know, I, I, I watched. Uh, you know, I rewatched Dollhouse and then went to bed. So, um, well, you know, right now it's just it, everything. It's back loaded. I mean, we've got three. At least I have three on Friday night on, on Sci-Fi, and then you've you've got Orphan Black on Saturday, Game of Thrones on Sunday, and and it seems like there's still something else I'm forgetting that I've been watching. But ah, uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, you like yeah, you know, like even summer you don't get much of a break, you know. But because uh, there's still like you know, like Killjoys and Dark Matter, like both great you know and uh and actually will i didn't anticipate you know a tnt having a, a really good show going on over the summer but uh you know will and preacher and blood drive and yeah, yeah. wow yeah, and i see i forgot that blood drive is actually still airing i i you know binged it because i had access to the screeners and ah, okay. uh, and preacher they've been building up on my dvr i've just got to get back to him that one episode i think it was episode three it was just so violent i yeah. mean ah, uh, I, I just you know as opposed to say blood drive which is pretty darn violent and gruesome but it's just presented in a different way yeah than preacher i mean there is, is blood drive from a comic book you know, I don't think so, but I with, don't want to swear to that. Yeah, because ironic, because you know, Preacher is a uh, you know from a graphic novel, and while there is some you know very comic book elements, I mean, Blood Drive clearly has the over the top comic book elements to it. That you know, if if you had to, if you watch both those shows, and I said pick the one that was you know derived from a comic book, you'd probably pick Blood Drive, you know, because it's just so yeah. over the top. Uh, and you know, especially with you know feeding people into the front of the cars and stuff like that, you know, it's just it, while it is grotesquely violent, it's not 
done in like it doesn't seem as like I guess realistic as as uh, it is on Preacher. Yeah. So. All right. Well, why don't we get to Dollhouse and and you know the the last couple weeks we've mentioned epitaph one and certainly for those of you that have watched the series you know what that's all about and you know i I did say i was going to give a little bit of background and that most of it's probably more appropriate next week when we actually tackle epitaph one but i I know for instance last week i mentioned omega the episode we're going to talk about tonight as the season finale which in a sense it was because it was the final episode that fox aired and basically the way it worked and joss explains this on the dvd in the season one dvd set is that they ordered 13 episodes but they didn't like the pilot so the pilot originally as filmed went unaired and and you know it's on the dvd set as well so they Mm -hmm. had to refilm the pilot so fox essentially paid for 13 episodes but in a sense they really only received 12 so then as far as fox us on air to only air 12 episodes that's fine but internationally the dvd sets required 13 episodes (laughs) so that's how epitaph one in a way came to be joss used it as a tool to show the network that, hey, you know what? I can film an episode for less than half of what it's cost us so far. And he went on to explain it, as he says on the DVD set, he knows they stopped listening when he said half the cost and, <laughs> right. and, and, and agreed to it. But that, you know, for right now, that's probably uh, enough to tell anybody that's a first time viewer of Dollhouse. Yeah. And, uh, well, and, Ironically, it could quite possibly be the single best episode of Dollhouse. And it's just almost like this afterthought, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, we'll talk a little bit about that next week and and, uh, how they essentially filmed Omega and Epitaph 1 simultaneously. And, and, well, again, I don't want to give too much away at this point for those of you that have not seen Epitaph 1. So. Uh, you know, we'll just leave it there. So episode 12, season one, Omega, written and directed by Tim Minear, who also wrote the script for True Believer. And then this one aired May 8th, 2009. So uh, what do you think? Where do you want to start? Where to start? That's 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 a great question. I mean, obviously, we can I, – I, so I'm putting it out there that this was an awesome episode. I'm, I'm going to give it – you know, I'm going to give it something between, I'll give it like a solid A, maybe slightly boring on A- for just one thing that we'll talk about later. But, okay. you know, I guess, you know, well, let's start with the title, I guess. You know, we have Omega, and obviously we know how we've had the, uh, the military designations of all of the, the actives. And Alpha is the beginning of the Greek alphabet, and Omega is the end of the Greek alphabet. And you know, it, it kind of you can't see those two letters without the you know, the the saying from the Bible where Jesus said, "I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end." And so I think right there, it kind of like shows the establishes that dichotomy that we see here between Alpha and Echo. 
Right. And, you know, his, his fixation on essentially, or it would seem this way, creating a superior being. So is this the beginning of something and the end of the human race as we know it? I mean, you just don't know what's going on in Alpha's head. And that's part of what comes out of this episode. It, we don't really know what he wants to do. Well, yeah. So, it, yeah, exactly. You know, he ha- he was one thing. He does he see? He wants to create another, like you said, superior being, just like him. But then, you know, yeah. Where do you go from there? Right? Do you right. go? And around- of course, does he, does he recognize the flaws that that he has? Yeah, exactly. Doesn't seem to be big on self reflection. Um, you know, he. Uh, you know, he doesn't really, it doesn't seem like, he just goes through. He just plows through with his plan. And, um, you know, I think kind of what, the the key to this episode, I started to realize, was when Ballard says, he tells Topher how they don't erase people's soul, right? And Topher yeah. dismisses that, scoffs at it. But when... Omega creates, I'm sorry, when Alpha creates Omega and she's not like him, then Ballard's kind of proved right there, you know? Right, we right. See- and I mean, that age-old question, do we have a soul, is kind of raised here. And as you said, Ballard contends it's who we are at our core and that, as you said, it can't be a race. And of course, Topher disagrees, but... That, yeah, again, if you look up hubris in the dictionary, they probably should have Topher's picture next to it. <laughs> yeah, no, this no question. No question. But certainly that's a, a question that comes up. Um, you know, before we get too deep into it, I, I, maybe one of the things we could talk about right away is as a season finale, does it work? And and I would contend that it does. I mean, you know, I, I think it certainly sets the tone for you know, picking up where we left off. And as you said to me off the air, do we, do we find out how alpha escapes? And the answer is no, unless I missed it. I don't think we do, but we do know he's out there and what a great place to pick up season two. Right now. The question is how would it have worked as a series finale? Cause I don't think they had season two in the bag yet when, when they aired this, right? Like Fox hadn't renewed them yet. That's correct. And, you know, I I thought about that. And as a series finale, I I was thinking, well, it might not be fully satisfying, but from the standpoint that, you know, despite the jarring experience and, and, you know, these individuals are jarred, make no mistake, it's still business as usual at the dollhouse. And and then that song at the end, everybody's got to learn sometime. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is, uh, I, you know, I'm not sure who did it originally. I know Beck did a version, and I'm not sure if that's his version in Dollhouse. But what I didn't know, and I, I found this as I was, you know, researching that song, this appears in the movie Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, ah. which was all about memory erasure sure. to eliminate emotional trauma. Right, right. And, and that was five years before Dollhouse. So was Joss influenced by that? I don't know. I've never read anywhere that, that he says he was. But regardless, it seems kind of odd that you would choose that song if you weren't influenced by it. But yeah. 
Well, there's no a, doubt a, that he he saw that movie, and you know, I'm sure that that was, you know, an, an influence. Right, and as a series finale, I think why I would be okay with it is because it would leave me with a with a question, and, and I know I may not be the mainstream viewer in that I don't have to have all my questions answered at the end of a series. Right. And, and I, I suspect you're the same way. I mean, we like some things answered, yeah. but what I like is the fact that we leave this wondering, have these people learned anything? And I'm not sure they have. Well, and, and Ballard might even have taken a step back. Right, because now he's going to work with the dollhouse. Yeah, that's an interesting uh, uh, turn of events, and I I suspect that he would say it's his way to bring down the dollhouse. And you'd like to think that after what happens with Alpha, and and I guess in his defense, he had no idea that this was going to transpire this way. I mean, I know, you know, that's that scene where DeWitt says, Oh, that wiped that smug look off your face. Right. But I think at this point, maybe he realizes that I can help bring it down gradually, you know, with, with the, the least amount of damage to the innocence. Yeah. But you know, know the, the people that signed over I, their lives, I, I don't see him as being wanting to bring it down anymore at all. Yeah, to me, he's he's in. He's on the inside. He's part of it now. You know, um, <clears throat> granted, he might see that he's doing it for noble reasons. Uh, he does free Melly at the end of it, and you know he can better protect Caroline. And we know, like, really, as we said last week, his this whole thing with the dollhouse is not so much his desire to bring down the dollhouse or to help all these people it's just caroline he's obsessed with caroline the the other cool thing that that comes out in this episode like ballard's obsession what is it about caroline that first attracts alpha sure you know when she's being taken on that tour when she's still caroline i mean is is it simply her looks I, i don't see what else it could be well that first time that he sees her she isn't wiped yet you That's know? correct. She's Caroline. Right. So she's actually Caroline and she's talking and I can't remember what she was saying, but she was like, oh, she's like, oh, these people are zombies and everything. So, and, and that seems to strike a chord with Alpha and, you know, cause he says to someone, oh, she's sad is, is what he says. But, you know, like, obviously I think just right from the start, the fact that he was able to see her before she becomes an active, I think that's kind of like what 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 did it for him which because even as i'm watching like that's seems to be really sloppy kind of handling. you know you shouldn't have the the people who are going to become your actives you shouldn't walk them right through the rest of the actives uh before they've been wiped you know it just doesn't seem like a great idea well i guess at that point maybe she had not signed her contract but then you could argue if she hadn't signed her contract and you show her all this right and she decides to opt out and then goes back in the real world with all of this dollhouse knowledge. That's not a good thing either. No. So yeah, I, I, I would have to agree with you. Uh, I mean, the other thing that comes up though is he's really perceptive. I think about Caroline 
who he calls later on in the episode a self-hating individual. <laughs> and, right. and you start thinking, what does he mean by that? Does she hate herself for failing in that protest against Rossum, which causes her to end up at the dollhouse after all? Right. Well, and we also know that there's, you know, a couple years have passed between the the incident at Rossum and this point where she, you know, joins the dollhouse. So what's happened in that time that, you know, like you said, is, has led her to become you know, this self-hating person? Yeah. I mean, we would certainly think she's been there at least three years, but, you know, going back to, to the self-hating, I mean, he also brings up the idea that she walked out on herself when you know he says she walked out on you when you needed her most caroline tells echo yeah and that you know when the going got tough this is what you chose to do now i'm not sure why and how that comes to be part of alpha because you know we find out alpha is just well look he's not a serial killer he was just a you know i guess a well, he was thug, a developing serial killer, a developing like serial he, killer. He, he hadn't got gotten there yet, but he was close. He was on. He was well on his way there by the time the dollhouse got him. Right, but this whole idea of knowing who you are, or as she says, "I know who I'm not," right, is certainly addressed in this issue to to I think uh, large success. Yeah, and yeah, you know, like we're talking about you know this kind of idea of what is a person you know caroline is like the uh, the physical form of caroline is that's not her she's this information stored in the disc so at the one point he's actually holding the gun up to the wedge right? like yeah. like like as if it's a the an actual person and that's kind of like the thing he's talking about caroline she left you he's not talking about wendy the waitress He's talking about Caroline, this person who is now, you know, basically stored information. Right. Um, and so it's almost like being actually a part of a and living, breathing uh, body is not required to be, uh, you know, a human. Right. I guess. And, and, which also begs the question, because I think we're pretty sure that Wendy's body dies oh yeah but yeah but as you say we've we've got her personality stored on a wedge right right so So now what yeah is wendy actually dead no because you know yeah she's on a wedge so they can you know they could stick her in well like i said this is nothing new because we we saw this uh back in haunted right it's the whole idea that you could achieve immortality you can just put your consciousness in a different body and you could do that forever and ever as long as there are chairs to you know that that you could use to to download yourself into other people's physical forms right and they're exploring that in dark matter with boone and sarah right yes to a certain degree yes because now it looks like she's going to get a physical body but yeah well, she are you not there yet? Oh no, I am. Oh, well, no, I'm up to date. Okay, yeah, because yeah, she's she is. She, 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 I didn't see the oh, last right, she one. She got it. So don't tell me anything that happened in the last one. But she okay. definitely, uh, yeah. But yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's the exact same thing we're seeing in dark matter, where and it's the, the same 
exploration of of what is a human being. You know, Sarah was a consciousness stored information in the computer, but Boone's actually visiting her and having a physical relationship with her in that in that computer generated world. Yeah. Yeah. Which is freaky. Just think about everything. It's just like it's crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, of all the characters that that we see in this episode, and and of course some we see more than others, and it's funny because as I wrote them down, we've got six actives, Alpha, Echo, November, Victor, Whiskey, and Sierra. And then we've got DeWitt, Topher, Boyd, and Ballard. And and while we don't really go into a lot of depth with Sierra, for instance, in this episode, a little bit more with Victor, uh, you know, not so much with November, although we do see her as she returns to her real life, whatever that is. And, and, and that's, again, one of the reasons I love this as a series finale is that we don't know what she's going into, what she's returning to. I mean, we think we have some vague idea, but who knows? But the character that I think struck me more than anybody in this episode is Whiskey. Yeah. Who seems to be waking up as well. Sure. Absolutely. And I mean, Topher asks, well, who can fathom the mind of a crazy person? To which Saunders responds, maybe the one who made him crazy. Right. Uh, you know, yeah. hello. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's definitely some red flags should be uh, raised here a little bit. Um, but uh, yeah, like Whiskey, Dr. Saunders. I mean, I don't even know who she, who, what we should call her at this point because she's totally aware. She looks herself up to see that she was once an active, but she refuses to look up to see who she was like before she entered the dials. Yeah. Which is really interesting when you think about it. Right. And she is way done her five years, right? I would think. Well, we know because the alpha incident was five years ago. Oh, you're right. You're right. And she'd already been there for enough time to become the most popular active. So, which, which makes, which makes you think about Victor and her who were cut, they signed their lives over. So what happens at the end of five years with Victor? Do we just turn Victor, oh, hey, sorry about the cuts on your face. Yeah. Here's an extra million dollars or do you they, wonder. Do they make him uh, Mr. Dominic? <laughs> Something. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, we don't know how she decided to stay at this point, but. You know, as you said, her five years is definitely up. Yeah. And then back to that whole series finale question, we're kind of left with, and this works either way, series or season, is the dollhouse imploding? It sure seems to be. And, you know, we'd be left with a summer to contemplate that. And hopefully in the fo- following fall, we'd start to get some uh, resolution with that. Right. Um, yeah, you know, well, while the whole episode would definitely seem to indicate that the dollhouse is going way wrong, you know, at the end, you know, they really bring about that closure. So it doesn't seem like that quite, you know, it, like it, DeWitt seems to be like, well, Alpha's out there, but we're going to carry on, you know, like things are kind of back to business as usual. But then, you know, Topher, when you see him, when Echo comes out of having from being wiped, you know, Topher, I think, is the one who's affected by this the most. 
You know. Yeah, I would agree. And it sort of begs the question, they know Alpha's out there. We know the resources that the dollhouse has. Why would you just not go and find him? Are you, do you mean to tell me you can't find him? I, th- I think That seems difficult to believe. True, but also we know that you know Alpha's like this super genius too, you know? So and he does have an evil lair. Yeah, right. Exactly. So yeah, like right, like no matter how smart you are, like he still like has patterns. He still goes back to, you know, the place where like why was it even a question that that was the place he was gonna go to, right? Oh yeah. wait. You know, Tove is just like, Oh wait, you know, like I'm looking it up now and it seems like uh his original personality kidnapped someone, took her there, and then hey, it's the same place he took the uh, the guy Lars as well. Hmm, maybe maybe that's a place we should check out. You know, like why is it t- <laughs> like you shouldn't really take detective work to figure that one out? That should have been like well, pretty much the place to look for him. But see, you just said detective work, and I think as, as a narrative tool, it it shows Boyd and Ballard working together, finding that common ground, you know, Ballard even says you were a policeman, weren't you? You know, that they, they've got that same mindset. Uh-huh. So, so like you said, why would that not be the first thing that Topher would think about? But I, I, as a narrative device, I think it enabled the viewers to see that these two are establishing a working relationship right from the start. Sure. But, you know, as long as we're on this, why don't we get into Alpha's backstory? Because I really love the way they present who Alpha was, and and certainly the big reveal about Doctor Saunders, aka Whiskey. So so we see Dewitt and Topher, and they're worried because Alpha has disappeared during an engagement with another active and a client. And then we cut to that scene where he's torturing that guy who's bound in a chair, clearly terrified. And eventually the guy says, you're not real. Right. And we get that tip off that, okay, this is an engagement. And the dude paid for a fantasy of being on a cross country crime spree, a la Bonnie and Clyde, or perhaps more contemporarily, if that's a word, (laughs) Mickey and Mallory from natural born killers. Right. Right. Oh, there's, there's a, reference for you um yeah yeah absolutely and he just like like because he says that uh, you know ironically he's as he's basically pleading for his life and then he as you said he tells him that you're not real she's not real and then he's like i paid for this and it's like why would you pay for like it's you know like these 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 people who are clients of the dollhouse are crazy. Well, and it goes back to though, I'm sure he sat in DeWitt's office, probably with Topher in attendance. Yes. It's perfectly safe. Yeah. Right. We're in control. Nothing will happen. Yeah. And and of course it it does. Yeah. And not the case, not the case, but this is the big reveal because as his girlfriend comes up to the guy in the chair and Alpha, as he's torturing, we realize it's Crystal Amy Acker. Right. Yeah. Well, because obviously we're still not nailed down on the timeline here. So we're not sure, you know, when, um, you know, when, when things have happened. And so 
when we see him and we see the, the girl dancing in the background, the woman dancing in the background, we probably assume that it's Echo, right? Sure. Um, and then when she steps into the light and boom, it's whiskey. Well, now it's like all of a sudden, I remember the first time. See, obviously now I, I already knew about whiskey and so there was no big shock but the first time i saw it it was like holy crap you know because while like i guess if i'd been more astute i probably could have picked up on some things uh throughout the uh you know the the previous 11 episodes that would indicate that she's you know uh an, an active you know i i didn't and so when we find out that dr saunders is not was once whiskey that is completely and totally just absolutely earth like just boom blows up the whole thing and it goes back to what we've talked about how well anyone could be a doll you know it really starts to once again remind us that it could be anyone out there you know when it happened with melly we were like whoa you know like and and so it could be any normal person out there in the world could actually be a doll and and that's the beauty of this paradigm that joss has set up is that once we get this reveal then we question everybody yeah yeah exactly so so they're there alpha and whiskey are practically having sex on the guy's lap as she continues to cut him with a blade right when the dollhouse swat team bursts in subdues them takes them for a treatment you know, uh, I mean, certainly we understand why whiskey was the number one requested yes. active, and I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Amy Acker, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. Wow. But again, you know, we, we don't usually see her dressed like that. You, you, know, you know, like you said, we, we assume it's going to be Eliza Dushku and, and Echo, we see her dancing in, in the background, and, and, and we've certainly seen Echo dance like that. And so we make that assumption, and we've certainly seen her dressed like that many times in, in season one of Dollhouse. So, you know, again, that's even a, an additional part of the, the shock when we learn that it is not Echo, but it's Whiskey. But we get back to the dollhouse and we see that Dr. Saunders is actually this kindly older man mm-hmm. who's treating whiskey. And again, they, they really lay it out there several times that she's the number one requested active. Right. And then this is where Alpha's getting the massage when he sees Caroline, you know, being given the tour and, and clearly taken by Caroline. And, and as you said, and I think you're probably right that he is able to overhear. See, I wasn't sure at first whether he can really hear what they're saying, but I think you're right. He probably does hear. I, I think he hears like a little bit, but you know, it's just really picking up on her kind of mood and tone and bearing. I th- yeah, just all of it. Just, you know, love at first sight. Right. But, but what really comes out of this scene is he meets Echo. So clearly she signed her contract. She's been wiped and he kisses her and tells her that he likes her. And of course his handler comes up and sees it and, you know, shuffles her off to, you know, whatever. And he plays dumb around the handler, right? The handler says, you know, um, what's he say? Keep, 
tells him to keep an eye on. Oh, he says, watch your step. Yeah. And then he plays dumb. And then as soon as he's clear, oh, we know he's self-aware. Right. But how? I mean, how did he become? Or is this supposed to start sending us the message that eventually they all will become self-aware? Because at this point, we know Echo's becoming self-aware. We know uh, Dr. Saunders, a, you know, the, the current version of Dr. Saunders, 2.0, if you will, <laughs> is becoming self-aware. And it's yeah. more than just looking up her file on Topher's computer. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, so far what we've seen is just only like certain individuals like an Alpha and like an Echo are able to, you know, kind of access that deep part of their memory that Topher can't get to. You right. know, but we haven't really seen that with Victor and Sierra and November. You know, they, they, and again, we haven't delved very deeply into their characters, but they really haven't shown those, those signs of self-awareness that the others have. And now that, that whiskey is certainly having, and whiskey just kind of figured it out. Like, I don't, it's not necessarily she's become self-aware so much. It's just, she's, uh, you know, a, a, has put the puzzle pieces together. Well, and, you know, there's certainly truth in that, but I guess the one line that that makes me think she's becoming self-aware is that line about knowing who made him crazy, you know, who led him. And and she realizes that that I did as whiskey. But as you said, maybe that's something she read in the file. Right. I don't don't know. I guess guess we don't know, but... But, It's it's the same result, though, right? She she understands... Actually, she understands more than Echo does because Echo gets those glimpses every now and then, but she gets wiped again and then she forgets. As so far, we haven't seen Echo like constantly being aware of of what her the reality is of her situation. Whereas Doctor Saunders slash Whiskey, you know, she she is completely aware of everything. She knows the truth, and, and it's not something she she has to forget because she won't get wiped for one. So I guess right. they could. Right. But I guess the question is, is this a natural consequence of the process that eventually they will start to, you know, remember, if you will, and, and become self-aware of what actually is happening? Yeah. Or, I, or is Topher right? Which I don't think he is. Yeah. No, I, I, I think you are right that, that, Ultimately, and like I said, like it boils down to what Ballard said, they can't erase that soul. They can't, and he calls it a soul. Someone else might call it the, you know, the the deep, deep subconscious, uh, you know, whatever you call it, there's something about the person that sticks, that Topher can't get rid of. And so no matter how many times you wipe Alpha at his core, He's a murdering, crazy person. You know, no matter how many yeah. times you wipe Caroline at her core, she's a messianic uh, figure that wants to save everybody. Yep. You know, and and those things never go away. They stay. They stay there at their core, and eventually, as as you said, they're going to boil to the top. Right. Well, I, I like the way this episode was put together. In addition to the flashbacks that we just talked about. Alpha 
takes Echo and they go on the road. So we've got that whole on the road scenario that I think, you know, most of us like. And then, you know, part and parcel to that storyline is is the aftermath and the return of Alpha and the impact it has on the dollhouse and, and the people that work there. So, you know, Alpha and Echo on the road, she's calling him Bobby. And it's clear that he's already glitching. So, you know, again, we learn a little bit about why he is the way he is. And of course, that composite event where he was imprinted with 48 distinct and complete personalities as they were struggling to subdue him. So so we learned that it was accidental, but still. And then we learned they got a bound woman in the trunk. So we're trying to figure out what it is he's trying to do. And as we said, is it, is it trying to create Superman? Hey, you got to love the fact that he brings Nietzsche into the discussion. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and then that, I believe it's uh, Echo that says, you know, when he talks about creating an Ubermensch, a superior being, and she says, well, what could possibly go wrong? Which is sort of the overarching question for the entire series and, and this premise what could possibly go wrong? Right. Yeah. Uh, everything. Yeah. Pretty much. You know, and, and that's the thing. I mean, his he he is at fault just as Topher is of you know being of, of that hubris, right? That I can do anything. He calls himself a god, and he honestly thinks that he's a god, uh, and that he can do anything. And so it's like this same kind of plowing blindly forward uh, in pursuit of technology if you want to call it i don't know you know whatever and but not thinking about what could be the outcomes alpha just assumes that if he recreates the the process that made him him that it'll just be the same with with omega that she will be just like him and she'll right. want to dominate and rule the world, like whatever he wants. His goals are pretty vague, you know, but uh, but it doesn't, you know, it doesn't turn out that way. So the question becomes: Is he responsible for his own actions? And I don't think it's a simple answer, you know, because this was done to him, right? This is not what he signed up for. Having forty-eight distinct personalities dumped into him. True, and and. Are his actions a byproduct of that? Look, at his core, he's a criminal, right? He probably would have killed had he been given the opportunity, uh, according to Ballard. And and certainly Ballard may be right. Topher, on the other hand, is absolutely responsible for his own actions. So, you know, as as we look at this idea of creating this superior being, I mean, we can look back from afar and say, well, that's just nuts. Yeah. And it is. Right. But we don't have 48 personalities inside our heads. True. True. Um, but, what I, you know, like I said, when we see that Caroline Omega, sorry, turns out to be not a crazy killer, well, then- you know, it's not the 48 personalities is, is not what's making him be a crazy person. 
He's a crazy exactly. person because he's a crazy person, you know? Exactly. Which then, again, but then still doesn't take away from your, your question of how responsible is he, right? Because yeah. uh, I can't remember the name of the, the you know, the, the, his original personality, but, you know, it's not like that guy's necessarily running the show, you know? In, in fact, no, we don't know right. who's running the show in Alpha's mind. Yeah, right. And, and of course, that's some... Look, look, last week we talked about Alan Tudyk's acting skills, and they certainly were on display in this episode. And on you know, one of the uh, uh, DVD extras, there's you know a, a little segment about making Dollhouse, and there's a scene where he is rehearsing those lines where he's got you know five or six rapid-fire lines mm-hmm. from five or six different personalities and it's, it's not easy no, as you know as you see all. in in this little this little scene but you know so he's built his own version of Topher's chair and he imprints the woman with Caroline's original wedge who then sees echo you know and that whole meet yourself so then why does he do that because it comes back to that line where he says she walked out on you when you needed her most. Is it almost that he's going to force her to acknowledge what it is she's done and that we're, we're going to do it this way, which maybe isn't as crazy as it seems. Right. Well, if his idea of becoming a, a new entity an evolved species, well, part of that is you have to reject what you were before. Right. And he, again, is assuming that she, like him, wants to, is, you know, is pissed at that original person and, and is happy to, you know, cast it off and to yeah. burn the past and fully accept uh, herself as, as something else, as something new. But in order to do yeah. that, in in Alpha's mind, she has to destroy her old self. Right, and again, you know, we, we always talk about the stakes a character faces within the context of his or her show, and, and while we know that Eliza Dushku is not going to die, we're not so sure about Caroline Farrell. Right, absolutely, and. So, so, you know, there is that, and, and while that is addressed, you know, in, in the chase scene, you know, that we'll talk about in a few minutes, um, when she comes out of the treatment and immediately seems entirely lucid, oh, now I get it. Right. And we're thinking like, okay, what is it you get? Do you agree with him? She picks up the tire iron and of course... We figure she's going to, you know, whack the woman, but then right. she whacks him. And it goes back to what you were saying. At her core, 38 personalities, it doesn't matter. At her core, she is a good person. Yes. Right. And she's going to react that way. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, well, 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 she says, I may not know who I am, but at least I know who I'm not. Right. I'm not a killer. Right. Right. Yeah. And so that's it, you know, again, back to what Ballard said, right? That there is that, that, that core, that essential part of the person that, that, you know, that Topher can't get to that. There, there, there is something, there is a person's 
it, uh, you know, basic humanity, their whatever it is that that is something that cannot can't be wiped. It's so, so it's something may you know suggested maybe that it's not even something that's necessarily obviously not part of the conscious brain, but maybe not part of the brain at all. You know, is there something that's just infused throughout a person that Topher can't hook an electrode up to, to, to change. And of course her plan is to imprint her original self on her body. But you know, again, then what brings up that whole consensual slavery issue, you know, it's almost as if we think everything's going to work out she's going to imprint herself and, and and of course we've got that question okay then what but at, at least you're back to where you started and then we hear the gun go off and he has shot uh, what what's her name again i forget the, wendy. the girl you, you, wendy in the throat yeah which at this point she has caroline inside her so so again in in terms of you know the paradigm that he set up that Wendy's body is going to die as is Caroline's consciousness, but oh yeah, we have it stored on a wedge. So not, not quite dead. Right. Yeah. I'm not dead yet. Uh, Right. But, but what I didn't understand though, is the mention of using an old whiskey imprint. And I think it was Topher that says that, and I'm not sure exactly. I, I, that kind of, went past me so yeah I, I didn't pick up on that at all so okay but does alpha see caroline as the ultimate sellout yes no question about that you know and and then you know that whole scene where he's threatening to shoot her wedge and i love the fact that she just calls his bluff and that's pretty telling because she's well aware of what is contained on that wedge does she have the wherewithal to think that um, I'm sure Topher has a backup, right. which of course we know he, does, he did, right, but right. it's in pieces. Yes. Or is this her evolved being that evolved not the way he hoped she would, but certainly somebody that's comfortable in her own skin. Sure. Now. Uh, literally, right? Yeah, literally. Um that that's a great question because I don't think it's clear what she's thinking. Uh, though, you know, she's willing to let Alpha escape in order to rescue her personality. So I think she's just straight up calling his bluff, knowing that he really he's not going to do it. Remember when the kids were always saying, "You won't." Remember that a couple years ago? Like, you won't. Oh yeah. You won't. You won't. Like that's basically what she's saying. Like he's, you know, I'll do it. It's like you won't. You're not. You're totally not going to. You're not going to do it. Um, and she's right, but you know that that confidence could quite possibly be based on the belief that that Topher's got a backup sitting back in the dollhouse, right? And then on his end, why wouldn't he do it? Yeah, what difference does it make? I, I don't think he really has any positive uh, feelings towards who Caroline Farrell was or is. True. So uh, I th- I think especially as he you know like walking out with the the gun held up to the I just love that like <laughs> he's like holding the wedge with the gun held up to it like yo I'm gonna shoot her yeah like we'd see in like other hostage situations but or or at least TV hostage situations I should say um, right but 
you know, I think for him, it's just a, a bargaining chip. Like it's a way to, to escape, which ultimately pans out for him. Like he's able sure. to use his, this, this threat to the wedge uh, to, you know, keep Caroline and Ballard and, and Boyd back so that, so that he can get out of there. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a lot of soul searching that takes place in this episode. And, and, you know, the third part of the story, you know, the aftermath and, and, and the return of alpha and, and, you know, the, the way the people back at the dollhouse cope with that Saunders looks particularly shaken and mentions that alpha asked her if she'd always wanted to be a doctor. Is that the catalyst for her to start remembering? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but Ballard, who has no idea what he's really done by bringing Alpha back into the dollhouse, and, and again, I mentioned earlier that smug attitude really is a bit off-putting. And we've talked about Tamo Pennicott before, and, and I think we all love him as a genre actor. Sure. But the characters he plays are generally not totally likable. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and, actually, and you know, certainly- that's, that's true. Now I think about it, like almost every single guy that that he played has you know been not well. The, I'm, I'm, I, everyone is going to grow out there, but what's the name of this character on BSG? Oh, uh, Hilo. Hilo, right? Um, I thought I, I guess Hilo because well, we got to know Hilo so so much that we saw like a lot of nuances to his character, right? Um, that sure. he wasn't 100% great, but like the guy he was on Continuum certainly was, you know, not a great guy. And, uh, and Ballard, we, we gen- generally kind of root for, but like last week, really not, you know, crazy about like what some of the things he did last week. So yeah, that's, that's definitely, uh, he's good at playing conflicted and complex characters, I guess we should say. Well, sure. And, and I mean, that's also speaks to the writing of that character in, in that look, he is the good guy, yet we hate him. Or, or maybe maybe hate's too strong of the yeah. word, but I mean, he's the good guy, yet we root against him yeah. most of the time. That's, that's a better way of putting it, I think, yeah. He has little idea what he's done, but on the other hand, I think we realized that Alpha was coming back no matter what. It was just a matter of time. You know, DeWitt reveals to him the truth about Kepler and the unfortunate technological anomaly. Yeah. And uh, is that not double speak or what? Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know if you know the movie. Oh gosh, with uh, Paul Newman, uh, Sally Fields, the reporter. Gosh, I'm, oh, I'm going to the see- uh, Philadelphia Experiment or no, 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 the, no, no. Uh, but uh, but uh, anyway, um, absence of malice. Absence of malice. Yes. Okay. And and there, then Wilford Brimley is the uh, district attorney. They're in a little room, and uh, somebody mentions a leak. It's like a leak. You call this thing a leak? Yeah. Last time there was a leak like this, Noah built himself an ark. <laughs> and, and and I'm thinking like that. That's what I I'm waiting for somebody to say. It's like unfortunate technological. Are, are you effing kidding me? Yeah, yeah. And he does throw it back at him later. You know, like using it sarcastically because yeah, right. Like that's using. Here's where language kind of gets in the way. How we can take something terrible, horrible, horrible thing that's happened and you kind of smooth it over. Like, oh, it wasn't so bad because we have this nice name for it. So, 
it, you know, it wasn't a big deal. Uh, we have a Mark Shepard sighting, by the way. Yes, absolutely. Gotta love it. Tanaka back and, back in being being played though by uh you know which is actually quite satisfying because you know Tanaka was the one who got you know Ballard basically not, I mean not fired but you know whatever his situation with the FBI is at this point so it's you know pretty satisfying for Ballard to go out there and completely play him so that Tanaka does exactly what Ballard knew he would do. And, you know, that he turns around and smiles at the camera like that. It's, like, perfect, you know? Right. But just up to that point, we're still not sure was this Ballard's chance to bring the dollhouse down. Did he perceive it that way? And then, of course, that, that glance up into the camera and the little smile, it's like, nope. That was, like you said, that was his plan all along. Yeah, yeah. Because at first we think, oh, he really is, does wants to get him to help him out. You know, like, because he's back to crazy Ballard. The dollhouse is real. It's right below us. Seriously. And the dog is like, whatever, let's let's go. Yeah. And then yeah, but then we and, and then we realized, well, no, he wasn't trying to bring down the dollhouse. He knew that was how Tanaka would react. So and you know, and that smile says it all. All right. Well, we see Victor being treated by Dr. Saunders, the newly enlightened Dr. Saunders, and and you know, he's concerned he can't be at his best. And then she tells him, Well, you can't because you're ugly and disgusting and you'll never be at your best. Yeah. And has the encounter with Alpha dredged up her past, you know, has all of this, you know, again, started to bring this stuff to the surface. You know, we don't know. I, I suspect it, it it has. Well, yes. I mean, that right there, that's not great bedside manner, you know. So, um, you know, and it's, it's uncharacteristic from what we've seen of Dr. Saunders. So, I, yeah, I agree that I think this stuff is, she's starting to become self-aware pretty much probably around this point is there ever a scene with sierra where she doesn't kick ass and and i don't necessarily mean physically kick ass because in this one it's like verbally kicking ass it's like oh my god she's just awesome (laughs) she is yeah i mean um, yeah and deach and lockman obviously plays these kinds of characters the these you know physically formidable characters in a number of shows, but it's just, again, it's just the snappy dialogue, mm-hmm. which look, it's Joss Whedon. So right. I, I, it's a shock to everybody. I'm sure. Or Tim Minear. Yeah. Or Tim Minear. <laughs> right. But, uh, Topher figures out that alpha took his original wedge of echo and smashed it. And, or, or at least that's what he assumes. He smashed he's the backup, got, but he's got the original. Right. Right, right, right. And we learn that, Carl William Kraft was a prisoner from the Department of Corrections that volunteered for the dollhouse in return for a reduced sentence, and that is who Alpha is at his core. Kidnapping, attempted murder, and and of course this is the you know the scene where we see Boyd and Ballard start to bond a little bit. And you know, still in the back of our minds, those of us that have seen the show, there there is you know yeah. that that thing that we know sure. about Boyd, right? Yeah, absolutely. That that we're just wondering, okay. But it, absolutely, there is that. Um, but we really feel this a genuine bond between the two here, though. Absolutely. You know, like, despite what if you've seen the show and you know about you know Boyd Langdon, then then you know there is some you know curiosity and some suspicious. But if you haven't. 
and even though I have, you still feel that genuine bond between these two, like his guys, like cops on the job. It's it's almost like you know a, a a buddy cop kind of episode where they go out together and they work together to solve the crime and then everything. So it was kind of cool how they did that. All right. Well, how did you feel though about the scene at the abandoned power plant? Echoes chasing Alpha, who's you know holding her original wedge, and then he throws it. She crawls along beams and ledges to try to recover it, and then it falls. Yeah. Okay. So here's my big criticism of this episode, because, you know, for a show that really kind of has flaunted the television tropes, they end the season with, like, just the most cliched scene from action television that you could find, you know, like, first of all, the guy, all right. So he's got Grant. It's a little slightly not cliche as he's, you know, his quote unquote, you know, uh, prisoner is, uh, a, a data wedge, but you know, he, he's climbing up the, uh, the structure with the, 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 you know, the ladder that you can, you can shoot through and, um, you know, and he releases the victim. The victim is in some precarious position that they have a choice of chasing the bad guy or saving the victim. And, of course, they choose to save the victim. And the victim is almost fatally destroyed but is saved by a deus ex machina. And then they turn around and the bad guy has just disappeared. It's like, really, guys? Yeah. But he finally gets to save Caroline true that that, no, that is true dumb. good good point but uh yeah, well, it was would, just it, so... would it have go ahead i'm sorry no i mean would it have been better for boyd to have caught it or would it have been better to just let it hit and break um no i mean i think we we ultimately we want caroline back you know that's kind of like the point of of basically the show from the very start is that you know that the carol the, like not echo but caroline is really the the kind of the the center of this thing and we get a lot more of that i know in season two um but uh but yeah no we we we, we still want caroline to be saved i think despite what so would it despite what alpha would it have said, been better for her to god no i was just saying despite what alpha said you know like like how caroline is an awful person for doing what she did to echo um we i don't think we really believe that so would it have been better for her to save herself? See, he, you know, Tim Minear has so many options mm-hmm. in this scene for what can happen. Right. All, all of them have different meanings, but there really are only two outcomes. Either it breaks or it doesn't. Yes. And, you know, I, in what is now like kind of the, you know, burgeoning relationship between uh ballard and echo um this is kind of like a big step because he does save her and you know that's what he's wanted to do the whole time is to save her and and i guess this is kind of maybe what leads him to actually join the dollhouse is because his continued desire to keep her safe and to save her sure you know, and, and we get back to the dollhouse. Saunders has hacked Topher's computer, 
and you know as you mentioned learns her origin but she doesn't look at the file that tells who she was when she came into the dollhouse but then asks Topher why he programmed her to hate him so much right that's an in- that's interesting i mean obviously she found it interesting yeah, says, i find do- that strange <laughs> like yeah yeah you know but then you know that line again i know who i am I, again, what does that exactly mean? I mean, she knows who she is. She knows that at her core, she is whoever it was she was when she came in, but she understands that right now I'm Dr. Saunders. Right now I'm here to help people. Right. Yep. And and so like, I just kind of thought of something as, as you were saying that is that, you know, and we're talking about at what point does she really start to realize? And we talked about this, you know, innate, part of people that that doesn't go away so you know is this 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 her opposition to Topher is it something that Topher programmed in because he needs a Saunders to check him he needs someone to point out you know the the shortcomings in what he's doing or is it from something deep down that's something she understands innately this is the guy who has taken away my life and who, you know, who has, you know, used my brain like a, and body, like a, like a playground for the last five plus years. And I think the look on his face gives you the answer that, uh, I didn't program you to hate me. Right. Yeah. You just do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I love, the fact that Ballard agrees to work for the dollhouse and maybe you could argue he would anyway, but he gets Melly's early release full payment on her contract. We get to see her leave, which is kind of anticlimactic in a way. Yeah, for sure. I mean, here they had obviously a very intense relationship, very complex relationship, but she doesn't even know who he is. Right. And and I like the fact that we see what the end result will be when her original personality was re-imprinted and the five years is up. I mean, obviously, it's not five in this case, but she seems perfectly fine. Now, we don't know once she gets out in the real world, will there be any residual effects? You know, uh, Topher would say, no, of course not. Right. But yeah, but we kind of find that maybe hard to believe, you know. You know, a couple of things. Remember, we saw like the mugshot, right? So, yeah. And, but she's kind of back in the the flowery dress, right? Isn't that what she leaves in? Yeah. Yes. So, which we assume that's what she came in in. Right. Exactly. So was, and and her name is Madeline, right? So yeah. maybe the the character Melly was not super far away from what her original, you know, person was. Right, which is maybe why Melly was so convincing, both for us and Ballard. Right, and did she really have a daughter that died? And if we say yes, we'll accept that. Then maybe the daughter's death is what led her into this, uh, you know, death spiral, right. if you will, sure. in, in her life, and that now this is a chance for her to perhaps start over. Yeah, that absolutely. But, you know, at the end, Echo gets a treatment. She's back to the doll state. Victor's got to adjust to his new reality. 
uh, you know, we've talked at some length about Saunders, who's clearly different, but but everybody is shaken, yet the dollhouse goes on. And while everybody's been clearly changed by the day's events, you just wonder whether or not this learning who they all are, both actives, dolls, and, uh, you know, staff, whether it's going to make any difference. Right. Yeah. You know? And, and and then we get to that final scene in Topher's imprint room where Echo's just been returned to the doll state. You know, Topher's still clearly shaken. Yep. Is it that he's most shaken by the fact that, gosh, she really does hate me? <laughs> or is it just all the events? But she walks up to him, puts her hand on his chest, and he's kind of taken aback by that. And, and I guess what I was left with, what is she trying to say? What message is she trying to convey? Yeah, it seems to me, all right, so there's two things that I was thinking like what she could be kind of trying to convey here. One is to say that it's okay, things will be okay, kind of a reassuring thing, or a reminder that, hey, you know, go with your heart a little bit, Topher. You know, like this is this is the important part right here. Not not the brain, not all this all these machinations that you create, but you know, your heart is your essential being. And again, there it goes back to the theme that has cropped up all throughout this this uh, episode of the inter the inner humanity uh, of these people and the 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 aspect of them that makes them an actual person. That that basic goodness or badness or craziness of a person is you know something deep down. As I said, maybe not in the brain, in the heart instead. Right. And this awareness of self and awareness of who am I really? And maybe this is what's causing all of these people to appear so shaken. You know, is Topher reflecting on what it is I've done? Is Adele DeWitt reflecting on the same things and maybe questioning what it is they're doing at the dollhouse? I don't know. Yeah. So, all right. Um, Anything else? I think, like you said, uh, I, I'm going with a solid A. You, do you want to add the minus, or are you going to? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go so far as to get the minus because it was a great episode. But just that, really, I think it, they failed by falling into cliche with that the final scene. You know, like the one thing, like like how bad guys always like try to escape by going up. You know, it's like yeah, you mean the web, you mean the wedge drop. Well, no, but like when bad guys like in, in, in TV all the time, yeah. Well, yeah, the wedge drop, but like how he he goes up those steps to the top of this big structure. Like, right. h- how are you going to escape? Are you, are you? Do you have wings? Are you going to fly off of there? Like, why do bad guys always go up? You know, they always go up, and then there's some confrontation on the roof, and then you know the bad guy falls or is able to escape by some tricky manner and that's just like i don't know like this with everything else and as well written and tight as this episode was i think they just kind of fell into a cliche a little bit in that final scene that made it not quite as good as it it wasn't its best (laughs) (laughs) but i'll still give it an a all right that sounds good we'll leave it at that then uh, unless there's anything else you want to add. To um, well, there, there is just one little thing that I thought was interesting because Topher, I can't remember what it was. Well, oh, when he was 
came out with the smash wedge of Caroline's backup wedge. Um, he says, you know, he's like when these people volunteer and he says it like that, like almost like he's putting air quotes around it. So we've always said, you know, how much of it is free will. Well, he really seems to suggest here that there's not a ton of freedom of choice going into the, the people's decisions to, to join the dollhouse there. So. Well, we got one more on season one, and you know, as we said, we're probably because it looks like we're going to have some time. We'll come back either next week or the week after, and give you guys more of a an idea of what our plans are once we complete the dollhouse run. Because, uh, as we mentioned on the Facebook group, we are going to pick up travelers when it airs in Canada. So we'll we'll come back with some more. Uh, specific dates and and what we're going to do in the interim. But uh, we have said that we would take a look at the original unaired pilot. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, that's probably not a bad idea. Yeah. I've never watched it. I just, I realized as we're doing this, I've never, never watched the uh, unaired pilot. So yeah, I'd love to go back and check that out. Okay. Because it's funny, they approach it completely differently and i'll just leave it at that so yeah so next week epitaph one the following week the unaired pilot and then uh you know we'll we'll keep you guys apprised of what's from there yep so all right well we want to thank you for joining us love to hear from you about what you think about dollhouse anything else going on in genre tv encourage you to join the facebook group share your thoughts with the sci-fi tv rewatch community and already a member spread the word emails to sci-fi tv rewatch at gmail.com Voicemails can go via the SpeakPipe tab, which you can access through the website. And we'll be back next week to talk about the Dollhouse Season 1 final finale, Episode 13, titled Epitaph 1. But until then... My God, the wrongness of this is so large. <laughs>